0: This episode of Fierce Woman Writing is brought to you by our partner, the Flower Essences Deck. Artist Kinsey Zara created these oracle decks for reference and self-reflection. As a part of my morning routine, I'm working with cards from Volume 2, Echinacea, to maintain core integrity even when challenged, and Evening Primrose, to support my ability to open emotionally. As I drink my coffee... I meditate on these flowers and what it would look like and feel like for me to embrace their balanced qualities. The decks offer Kinsey's illustrations, plus Patricia Kaminsky's insights into over 100 different flowers. Kinsey offers a sliding scale where you can pay what you're able, with codes 10% off, 20% off, and 30% off at thefloweressencesdeck.com. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Sarah Faith Godestiner. Sarah Faith Godestiner is an artist and author living in Los Angeles. She runs a business called Modern Women, Teaches, reads tarot, and creates products for folks looking to live an empowered creative life. Here's Sarah Faith Godestiner reading from the Moon Book Lunar Magic to Change Your Life.
1: Not surprisingly, I spend a lot of time with the moon. I look for her and find her in the sky, trace her shape. Remember where it lies on the horizon each day, peeking through power lines framed by branches. She doesn't always look the way I think she will. Sometimes her line of light is on a diagonal. Sometimes she appears craggier than I've last remembered. Other days she appears dim, filtered through the pollution in the sky. It's a weird exercise to go by moon calendars or apps because while her overall phases are predictable, Trying to match her real time semblance to the icons on a flat surface requires imagination. Sometimes she's only there to be caught after the fact in the net of our memory. You could draw the moon a thousand times and not be able to quite capture her likeness. Maybe that is why so many still try. Science says that the moon is composed of minerals, four different types. They show us satellite photos paparazzi photos of her gray surface, the drabis dress at the cosmic ball. We know what she is made of, basalt and cooled volcanic eruptions, and yet she remains magnetic, a beacon for witches, a supernatural friend, something to pray over, something to believe in, something that affects us and reflects us to the literal tides of our lives. Knowing the what of the moon doesn't stop us from enjoying the mystery of her. That is called magic. I wrote a book about the moon knowing it would be impossible, and to write it knowing that part of the process would not just be running toward that particular failure, but finding a way to joyfully splash about in the ocean of it, reveling in the futility of such a vast project. A book about the moon needs to be never ending spun out of holographic spiderwebs installed inside of a suspended orb carved out of selenite by hundreds of ravens a book about the moon has to be approximately 3000 pages made out of Torah and motherwort moonstone and silver a book for the moon isn't supposed to be a book at all a 29 day opera unfurling over every continent involving every earnest warbler who dares to dream, winged, hooved, or human, would be more fitting. A video of births and deaths and snakes shedding their skin and jasmine seeds unfurling under the earth and live footage of whales migrating, all spiced together on loop, projected on the dark ocean water at night with plankton and manta rays rising up to meet the surface light and an underwater ballet would be more appropriate. I wrote this book because collaborating with the moon helped to save my life. How to repay a priceless gift. There are countless lessons the moon has taught me, and I've tried to fit as many of them as I could here. One of them being to pass it on, share frequently, put radical generosity into practice as much as possible, and also that each person's experience with lunar energy and their intuition is incredibly specific, titillatingly intimate. To wish for others to love how they want is a lesson in the pursuit of joy.
0: Thank you so much for reading for us today. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. It's so nice to be here. Sarah, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? The easiest way for me to
1: write is far away. I, uh, as soon as I could be able to afford it, both in space and finances, time-wise and money-wise, I mm-hmm. would book time in the desert or book time in the mountains to write, just, just to be with myself and, and to write. Why do you write? I have no idea. I guess I write because because Spirit told me to write. I guess I write because that's how I was told to communicate a while ago. And so I continue to do that. But I think that as time goes on, I began to understand that writing is both a craft unto itself, something I didn't know because I've never taken writing classes or anything like that. And it's a craft to get better at. And it's one way to transmit energy. And it's another way to also transform. And it's also a way to, as much as possible, refine one's thoughts. And there's that futility there of understanding that as we change and grow and transform what we wrote, may no longer be completely true, even though it was kind of true in that moment. So it's this interesting practice of acceptance and understanding that change is inevitable. What inspires you? People who are hopeful inspire me. People who are creative against all odds, inspires me. Yeah. What are your best writing tips? I mean, I think I need to read a book. I don't, like, I need that advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, writing, writing is very difficult for me. So I don't, um, it's not a, it's not an easy, it's easy when I channel it. So maybe that's it. Get back, into, get back into a channeling space. What
0: is challenging for you about writing?
1: First and foremost, I have ADHD. I have a learning disability. And I also have mild dyslexia. So writing and words and forming coherent thoughts and structures are, they feel like climbing a really hard mountain in my mind. It's a place where um, other forms of creative expression that I have, it's very easy, it's very pleasant, it's very joyful, it's very much in flow. And writing is the place where it's like just it's like speaking a different language. So it's I've heard many writers say writing is my happy place, and like writing is where I go to you know, relax or decompress and um, writing is really hard for me. I think it's really maybe one of the hardest things. So I look for ways for writing to be easier. Um, You know, that's sort of part of my, my own practice with writing, but writing is not, and I think it's okay for me to say that. Like, I also think that it's one thing I, when I express this a lot of people are like, oh, come on, but there must be a part of you that likes it or like, well, then don't do it. And I think that's just such a weird response to someone. I think it's totally fine to say that something is difficult for you and and try it and do it anyway. Like, mm. I just think it's so weird to be like, make it easy or like, well, then don't do it if it's hard or like, "Be you have to be happy with everything that you do. Because like contentment is is a lot different than being happy. And I do have times where when I'm writing just for me or when I'm journaling or when I'm channeling or when I'm just making like really not great poetry that no one will ever see, that's fine. But I think that also knowing that people are going to read what you write and be impacted by it or be critical of it or be engaged in it in a serious way means that I have to show up to my work seriously. And like, I take that as a responsibility. Um, So yeah, like I think it's okay to have an ambivalent relationship with something you spend a lot of time doing, right? Like I know a lot of parents who have an ambivalent relationship with parenting or a lot of, uh, you know, Chinese medicine practitioners who have an ambivalent relationship or a lot of healers mm. who have an ambivalent relationship with being a healer. like i I think it's just like we need to change how we're how we're framing things like like good, bad, easy. like I think that bliss is a state we want to reach once in a while. but I think that peace of mind and contentment and ways to manage difficult things. Uh, is is sort of where my head is at right now.
0: What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block?
1: You just have to keep showing up.
0: And that's kind of life too, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I know there's like so many books about writer's block. And I experienced writer's block writing this book. And I just had to keep showing up. And for me, uh, the Pomodoro method really helps. Putting a timer on things really help because especially an ADHD brain is like, I can do this for the next 15 minutes. You know, I can do this for the next 20 minutes. And then usually once you sort of sit down and you've made peace that that's what you're going to do uh, is really helps you get into more of a flow. You know, I think that there's an aspect of punishment. I think that if we're not feeling inspired, there's this like boot camp mentality of like, get through it, you know, just do it. and sometimes it sometimes you need to take a break. Mm-hmm. sometimes you need to reread something you wrote a year ago. Sometimes you need to read what someone else wrote, you know, like we can be really hard on ourselves. And I understand that a lot of writers have due dates. And as someone who has due dates all the time, I understand. I also think that putting unnecessary pressure and stress on ourselves isn't going to coax out not just like the inspired part of ourselves, but just the part of ourselves that is like willing to sit down and write 500 words, right? So there's that too.
0: What about editing and revising tips?
1: Uh, you know, get a good editor. <laughs> get a good editor. Have someone else read your stuff. Read your stuff out loud. Take time from it. Understand you're going to be editing probably three to five times. Um, understand you're going to get sick of your own work. Um but really I think it's about if you're if you're lucky enough to have a good editor. I've had very terrible editors and I've had absolutely fantastic amazing editors and I don't know that writers are also supposed to edit their own work with the same capacity in which they write it. Can you
0: talk to me about the relationship between your physical and mental health and your writing?
1: When I Wrote a book that I wrote that's coming out this year. It was the longest amount of time I had ever spent with a writing project in my entire life, which was, which is to say, you know, about a year of writing and then about seven months of rewriting and editing and revising. And I can honestly say that it negatively impacted my mental health. Writing the book was very hard, mm. weirdly, because I've written so many other books. Like this is like my ninth or tenth publication. It just was, I had this amount of time and I knew that it was going to be published with a trade publisher. So more people were going to be seeing it and so on and so forth. I think I learned quite a bit about what I needed to do in order to set myself up to have a, a good mental space. But um I think it's I think it's I think being intimate with something and I think having so I'm a psychic and A lot of the ways that my information comes into me is through visuals or through energetic patterns that I then have to find the language to explain in a way that makes sense to people. And so much of writing, if you're writing to try to explain something to people is being really clear. And it's really difficult for me to be really clear. So I think I was, I haven't thought about this before, but I just think I was like in this struggle between what I felt and what I could download and the way that I had to explain it. So it created a tension, which then – Left me a bit, a bit frustrated. So that's about all I can say about that.
0: Can you talk to us about your journey with publication?
1: Uh, well, I started self-publishing, and I self-published for three years. I come from a punk background, so before that, I published many zines. I self-published, you know, I don't know how many. So I started self-publishing and then about two years into self-publishing because I was selling thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of each self-published item, I started getting editors and publishing houses contacting me. I actually had one publishing house. I got to the point with one where they made me an offer like we were going to sign a contract and it was them like it was an incredibly extractive contract Mm. and so I turned it down. I had another situation where an editor approached me and wanted me to write a book proposal and so I you know wrote a book proposal and they passed on it and then I had a very wonderful editor reach out to me and talk about stuff. And she was basically like, you need an agent. So here's this wonderful agent I know. So I was introduced to my agent. And then my agent then worked with me on a book proposal. And then we sold that that book, which is the book that's coming out. There are a lot of pluses for self-publishing. That's where I'm at right now. But we'll see what happens with publishing with a trade publisher. But I think that I want to say that I never wanted to be a published author of self-help books. So I can speak with more detachment. But I think that what I have seen from like the publishing industry is that it's really important for writers to have a lot of conversations and to really clarify what they need out of a publishing experience Mm. and to proceed accordingly. I think that that's all I'm going to say about that. Discernment
0: sounds important there. Yeah.
1: The other thing that I have seen authors do, because I have a number of friends who, similar to me, have been running their own businesses, and then got a book deal, created said book deal, entered into an arrangement with the publisher that is a very long arrangement, by the way. It's not a three-month arrangement. It's, it's usually multi-year. Hmm. Sometimes editors move. Um, sometimes contracts are written in very obtuse ways. So anyone listening who's, uh, you know, Publishing or wanting to publish, get a lot of lawyers' opinions. Really, really enter into agreements protecting yourself, protecting your creativity, protecting your integrity, um, protecting your finances, protecting your intellectual property all of the things, um, because I've heard a lot of stories from writers who, you know, ended up in situations that ended up maybe serving them in some ways, but not in others. So I also think it's really important to think about what you want and need from a publishing situation um, and and sort of go from there. I think that a good relationship with your editor – finding an amazing editor that really works with you is key. And the other thing I'll say, and then I won't say anything else. I think like I've, I have a feeling because the name of this podcast is Fierce Women Writers. I have a feeling that most of the people listening might be women. I just have a feeling. So people who are socialized as as women I think that like asking a lot of questions and asserting ourselves and advocating for ourselves, particularly in situations where we're made to feel like we're being given this like amazing opportunity, I think that it's difficult for us to do so. But I actually think it's imperative. And I think that's the only way that like larger systems will change. So I just want to say like if you're, if you're getting – into a situation with a publisher, if you're getting into any long-term contractual situation with anyone, even if it's like a honeymoon phase in the beginning, it's really important to ask a lot of questions, protect yourself, and not be afraid to advocate for your needs.
0: Who are some other women writers or creators we should be aware of right now?
1: I'm going to say... Probably gonna say writers who who people already know. You know, I'm always fortified by picking up the work of Pima Chodron. It's just always so great to just pick up any of her books and feel grounded. She's like a warm, a warm, friendly voice. I really love all of her work. The other, of course, I'm sure many of the listeners are aware of, but I really love Adrienne Marie Brown. I really just am completely blown away with her writing. She has a wonderful blog that folks can check out. And also her her actual books. I really uh, I really urge everyone to to pick up and get a copy of Emergent Strategy and Pleasure Activism and Pima children. She's written like a lot I think she's written many, but the wisdom of no Escape start where you are that's fortifying uh work for me.
0: And where can listeners find you online?
1: My store website is Modern Women Projects dot com, and they can sign up for my newsletter there. That's the most consistent way to be in touch with me.
0: Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Now it's time for our writing prompt. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new
1: and see what happens. Close your eyes. Take eight slow, deep belly breaths. Out loud, name how you'd like to feel right now. Bring that feeling into your entire body. Now, Put an eight-minute timer on your phone and write by hand at least eight sentences that invoke that feeling.
0: I first became aware of Sarah Faith Godestiner a few years ago through her many moons lunar planners that my friends were raving about. I started reading her insights and feeling my life move with the changes of the moon. And then I started listening to her podcast and learning from her insights into the tarot as well. I follow her on Instagram, where she's taught me about activism and using a platform to promote social change. For all these reasons, it was an absolute thrill to get to speak with her this week because I respect her on so many levels. She gave me a lot to think about in this week's interview. Mostly, I'm thinking about what she was saying at the end, that as people who have been socialized as women, we're often presented with opportunities that we're told we should be grateful to have, which are actually extractive or exploitive. So often, we have an opportunity dangled before us, and we feel like it might be our one shot. But what about when the deal that's being offered doesn't feel right? Sarah's assertion that we should think intently on what we personally need from a publishing contract and what is respectful of us as creators is a bit subversive and, I believe, well worth pondering. I know that her words will come to me the next time I'm considering any offer that's before me. Sarah Faith Godestiner's new release, The Moon Book, came out this week, and her 2021 lunar planner is also available now. There's links in the show notes. I'm glad you were here today. If this episode helped you, please share it with your writing group. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Women Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you
1: for listening.